0: Hello and welcome to Digfinvox Voices in Digital Finance. I'm your host, James DiBiazio. If you like what we're doing at Digfinvox, please like, share, subscribe. My guest today is Alvin Kwok, co-founder and CEO of One Degree, an insurtech with an exciting Hong Kong consumer-facing business, as well as One Degree Global, a SaaS vendor spinning off their technology for others in the industry. I spoke with Alvin about big trends in insuretech, relationships between startups and incumbents, and how to turn niche products into what he hopes will be a very ambitious, globe-spanning business. Alvin Quack, welcome to the program. Hello, Dane great to, to see, see you. you. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's, it's lovely to have you and to talk about your uh, firm, One Degree, uh, which is uh, making some waves in the insurance world. You've recently received a, a, a big fundraise, uh, and you've got a lot going on. You've been around since 2016. Tell me, Alvin, has the vision for One Degree changed between your founding in 2016 and raising new capital in 2021?
1: Yeah, well, it has been a a journey for five years uh, and I still recall on the first day uh, when we first founded OneDegree, we say that we want to build the operating system of the insurance industry. So uh, where it really uh, fits in is the three key pillars of that. Uh, The first pillar on day one, we want say we want to be licensed, uh, we want to be regulated. Uh, So we got the first insurance license in April last year. Uh, second of all, we say uh, technology is extremely important. Uh, and we have been building the technology, not after we got the license, but ever since day one, when we first found it. And I think uh, this is really starting to pay dividend right now uh, because the product market fit, the flexibility of the core system and, and different things. And uh, so I think that's those two areas, I think are very clear, okay. I think the one part that I think has been in the uh, evolution uh, process, uh, as the killer application on the product.
0: Finding right. that killer application that makes your insure tech stand out. Let's just talk about maybe a little more generally insure tech. When you're talking about being a licensed player, building the technology, uh, hasn't has the insure tech landscape changed in this period of time? Cause it, it feels like five years is now a long time in FinTech.
1: Yes, absolutely. So if you think about the landscape back in five years ago, I think most of the players are only focusing on distribution. Distribution, right? right.
0: How to get product into new hands?
1: New exactly, and that is a uh, that is an interest uh, that is an easy re- uh, way to get in to the space, and for a very simple reason because of the commission, right? You got to you got to uh,
0: make money to keep the to keep the the party going.
1: Absolutely, but what do you start to see uh, in in these last few years? I think. Uh, the market is really starting to move towards the full stack guys okay full stack meaning that you go from all the way from product development to uh, the manufacturing the underwriting and then down to claims customer service and so on Uh, and the reason why this is happening is that what uh, you really start to figure out is the pinpoint is not only on the uh, customer acquisition Uh, it's really on the product market fit uh, uh, turning out the right product and i think uh, well, the COVID time really uh, is a is a great time to to sh- uh, show that uh, well things just keep changing, and I think you really have to have the right product that fit to the customers, and then of course on the claim side, uh, which has always been the uh, major pain points of the consumers, right? So, and I think that consumer uh, centricity is also uh, extremely important, and that's where we see. Uh, why our custom acquisition cost is substantially lower than other people uh, really because of the really good service.
0: Yeah. So five years ago, the shared wisdom, I think, at least among the incumbents, was certainly that insurance is uh, bought, it's not sold, and that claims have to absolutely be 100% human. Uh, How how much of that has changed? Do you you still think those axioms hold true for InsurTech?
1: Yeah, well, when I, well, we, we do a lot of user research. Okay, so recently we have co-authored a number of user research papers uh, with, the, uh, with, with different, uh, before uh, different uh, major consultants in uh, different regions. And uh, there's some interesting uh, uh, user research findings maybe I can share with you guys. Okay, first of all, uh, what we found is that if you look at the different buckets of the uh, customers, right? The ultra-high net worth, I think it will continue to be served by uh, by people, okay. Uh, yeah. And those are complex products, those are not areas that we are going to uh, tap into either. Okay, now the second bucket is the mass affluent segment. Okay, Mass affluent segment, uh, it will feature that uh, they have a higher education, uh, most of them come with a college degree. Uh, they have dispensable income, and how I define it is people who drink a Starbucks coffee every day right stop a coffee is not cheap right? right and so if you look at this buckets of uh, of customers they actually don't want to be sold okay that's what we find i think right. they, they really they have like the, a they,
0: they like the feeling of of making their own choices being independent and not being like uh taken for a ride by some slick salesperson
1: exactly exactly and they they have the high education level so they understand what is deductible uh, what is copay? What is those terms? They have no problem to uh, to understand those things, right? Uh, but what they really want is that they want to, uh, whenever they need help, uh, someone is going to be there for them. Okay. Okay. So it's not to be sold. It's, it's that they control their own destiny. They have choice, and then they they want to uh, 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 bring out the phone and then make any decisions whenever they want to. Not so okay. to be sold, but it is to be serviced. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that is the uh, the customer segment that we really focus on. Now the third segment is the grassroots, uh, which interestingly in our user research, uh, they actually need to be served by the agents and brokers, because they do need some help in uh, in helping out to uh, for them to understand the different insurance terms. Okay. Uh, so I think the uh, traditional thinking. Uh, is that the conventional wisdom is that insurance is to be sold, not to be bought. And I think there's some change uh, here, at least uh, starting with the mass affluence.
0: Okay. So then let's talk about what One Degree has actually done. Uh, you talk about full stack, but you're at least best known uh, for being in Hong Kong as a consumer-facing insurtech in the pet insurance niche. Uh, so how did you settle on that? And uh, what, you know, what is it about pet insurance, which seems kind of fluffy and trivial, what is it about pet insurance that, that, you, that opens the door for you to, to do more?
1: Right, right. Well, so I think uh, indeed, uh, Jim, you're, you're absolutely right about it. I think in the first, uh, first year, uh, back in last year, I think pretty much uh, our sole focus has been on pet insurance. Uh, but when, by now we do roll out uh, one product per quarter and pretty much anything but life. Uh, we are in, in a very broad uh, product segment uh, on that. Okay. Now, the reason why we started off with pads is one, we do see a glaring uh, gap in the market uh, that, that is not well served. Uh, so, what uh, we see is that if you look at the number of dogs and cats uh, in the major uh, developed markets in Asia, uh, Japan, Korea, uh, tier one, tier two cities in China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and so on. Uh, the number of them is more than the number of uh, kids under ten year old. Okay, uh, so it is a segment that that is a uh, what well, that is a, a big segment. Okay, in Europe this is already a tough free GI uh, product line. Okay, but in Asia this is a largely a market. I think partly because of the uh, distribution channel that it is still solely reliant on uh, brokers and agents.
0: Well also I think just uh, that it's traditionally been a very expensive product uh, and maybe that's because of the distribution uh, constraints but it's, it's considered expensive and that if if you're wealthy enough to be able to, to manage having some pets, then when the pet gets sick, You could probably just pay for it out of pocket and it probably ends up being about the same at least people calculate it's about the same as if they bought insurance so why buy it so we've seen companies like Manulife get out of pet insurance it just doesn't make money very few insurers actually have uh, have this
1: product at all in asia yeah well i think the reason why they get out of it is not exactly because uh this product uh there's no market to what uh, it's also not because the consumers are not willing to pay for that. I think uh, if you look at the Europe uh, market, the European market, is Sweden, is UK, uh, that you see thirty to fifty percent penetration rates. Uh, Japan, Australia, is uh, cetera as well. So I think those market people are able to pay out of pocket as well. Okay, uh, what's, but, what's
0: been the problem in in Asia?
1: I think the problem is uh, several folds. I think number one is that there is surely no focus on this product. Okay, so if you look at the ones that have been uh, doing really well in this product, uh, well, it's laminate in US, trampanian in US, Anicom in Japan, uh, bought by many uh, in Europe. Uh, for these companies, uh, pet insurance is the first or either the first or second product they launched they did really put a lot of focus to make this product right because if you don't really put the focus to make this product right then uh you know it will just be a drop in the bucket as compared to motor insurance as compared to uh life insurance etc right so there have been a lot of problems that they not have not been able to solve to give you some examples of that when we first come into the market uh we noticed that uh the the number of customers uh, having inquiries or, or visiting a website, a web app and, and all that, it's really 50-50 between dogs and cat owners. But when it comes to conversion, it's 95% of them are dogs. only 5% of them are cats. So Even what does that, that tell you about cat people? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it doesn't tell, well, it, it's not about cat people. I think it's about the insurance, prob- insurance problem, okay. okay? So they are not able to crack this problem despite having been in the market for more than 10 years. Okay, so we did some work and, uh, in, in controlling fraud and, and different risk management measures. and we come up with a way that would allow cat owners to also buy insurance, despite not having the microchips.
0: How much of that is because of your, your focus in an area and you had a, a team dedicated to solving these issues versus, you know, the, the use of technology or the way that you're set up, like what made it possible for you to go down
1: this path? I think the use of technology is a key part of it as well. Uh, and so is the, uh, the team's focus and customer centricity. I think, I think both are very uh, key factors. So, what was the tech
0: uh, differential versus what a big incumbent could bring to bear on this?
1: Right, okay. Uh, that's a great question. So uh, typically when it comes to the product iteration, uh, the, right now there's a lot of hard coding. Hard okay. coding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for us, we, our, our, call, our, our system approach is using the so-called no-code or light-code approach. Meaning that as a product manager, as a customer service, as a claim educator, uh, it will be based on uh, the persona of the different functions, that they can really uh, uh, change their system, change the product setting, and so on, uh, really easy. Uh, so for us, for some of the product, once you get on the standard API, uh, it basically would take you less than 10 days or sometimes even you know, 10 minutes to configure a product. Whereas if it's hard coding, uh, it's really prone to errors and it's really difficult to really uh, figure out how to change a product. So typically that life cycle of doing product iteration would take you uh, some six months to nine months.
0: And so are you talking about your own customer-facing business or are you talking about this in terms of uh, a B2B product that you would be selling to uh, other carriers or to or to agent networks
1: it's actually both because we first use our own proprietary system for our own virtual insurance. and then we are also licensing this to the various uh global and regional insurers in the market okay and so at this stage um
0: or at least once you got your license uh from the insurance authority in hong kong were you were you licensed in in perception as a consumer facing insurance company or as somebody that was in
1: as a tech provider enabling other insurance companies to, to do better? Yeah, well, that's a great question. So uh, so two things. One is that uh, you've looked at what the insurance authority in the press release really talking about our, us coming out and getting an insurance license. It does say that we are doing both business. And this is actually what the regulator really uh, love about us because uh, we don't see other insurance company as com- competitor, rather we really see other uh, insurance company as a, as a partner that we can uh, maximize the impacts of our technology. Okay, I think that's, that's one. Two is we also make it as two separate companies. Okay, and two right. separate teams, two separate companies. And I think this is uh, how we serve the different insurance company as well.
0: When you're working with third party, Insurance companies, you're coming to them initially with a product that they have struggled to deal with or they have ignored. Um, will this business model still be working when you get into, you know, healthcare and and other areas where it's directly impacting their own business?
1: Yeah, well, that's uh, so interestingly, uh, most of the insurance company who are working with us is actually mm-hmm. on multiple space. Okay, and gradually it has also branched out to motor, to travel, uh, and what well, to pack uh, also as well. So I think for them, uh, well, obviously they need to find a product that really moves the needle for the business, right? So I think most of them would start off with medical, okay, uh, which, which is a product that we haven't really rolled out on the B2C side yet, okay. Uh, so I think that's uh, uh, so I think that's one. Number two is that I think a lot of the more forward-looking guys are really uh, uh, seeing the opportunity uh, in, uh, in in new channels, for example the telecom operating channel, for example the e-commerce channel uh, and different things to uh, to to get the work and, and and also some some others are starting to equip the uh, the customer service or the uh, agents, a iPad or a, a, or a tablet uh, computer, uh, that also is where uh, they are thinking about how to upgrade the agency or broker force uh, to keep up to the pace.
0: Right. And so you want to help them with, with that entire range of, of capabilities.
1: I think we are mostly doing it on the core system or on the backend side of things, but also on the distribution side, uh, obviously we have a lot of experience of that. We are very happy to share it with the uh, different uh, insurance company as well in how to really get to that product market fit and, and also get to that uh, uh, high conversion rates and, and this good, e- good economics.
0: What do you see when you talk to uh, the big insurance companies, Alvin? What do you sense is their biggest challenge right now and, and, and where they see InsureTech being able to take their traditional businesses?
1: Yeah, I think what they are, or I think everything really changed ever since COVID, right? So I think they do see the difficulty in uh, consulting face-to-face business, right. right? They also see the difficulty in, uh, when, when the claims are, far, uh, are flying into the office while the staff are working from home. Yes. right so it's really uh pinpoints everywhere uh, i do see they have they still have more focus on the distribution side of thing uh, but i think it's really pinpoints everywhere so we we do see uh requests on on, on different places so we now modulize on a few things i think uh the distribution side i think a lot of people would love to work with us mm-hmm. uh, and then going to the past administration going to the uh really having a 360 degree uh, understanding of the consumer and where we can service them better uh, and cross selling as well
0: how how easy or difficult is it to work with partners even if they're extremely happy and and eager to to work with you because an insurance company their their core system all the way to claims and everything in between it's all kind of interconnected it's is diff- i think one reason why they've struggled to make the leap to digital is because you know, you, you can't just do it modularly or at least maybe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe you can, but they've just struggled with that. Can you talk to me a little bit about how do you approach such an interconnected process uh, at, at these gigantic companies?
1: Yeah, I think the, uh, the quick fix of that is to use a middleware, uh, mm-hmm. which we do provide to the insurance company. Uh, so on that basis, uh, the uh, time to launch a product is actually not that bad. So for example, I think for one of the insurance company, uh, I think from the, uh, uh, after they have defined the products that they want to sell, okay, uh, it does take them only about four months time to launch on our platform and and to commercialize to the consumers, right? So I think uh, there are different ways in doing this. And I think uh, most of the insurance company right now, uh, they either would like to use the middleware piece or they might use a second brand uh, a, uh, which you start to see a lot of insurance companies uh, investing in uh, digital insurer, digital bank, and different uh, places, uh, and, and that is another way to go as well.
0: Uh, one degree is now about five years old in terms of being an operating entity. Um, one one year with a license. Where where do you see it in the next five years?
1: In these five years, we do expect to have geographical presence in five different continents. Okay. So right now, uh, in fact, uh, in addition to Hong Kong, where you've got a first insurance license in China, we have a uh, national broker license. Okay, in Southeast Asia and and, and North Asia as well, uh, we have a B2B uh, business that we are licensing our technology uh, to different insurance company. Uh, In addition to that, in Europe, there are also uh, European uh, insurers and insurtech companies who come and partner with us as well. Okay. Uh, so uh, so after having a stronghold in in Asia, we are going to Europe and then we expect to go to five continents in five years time.
0: I love the ambition, Kelvin, and it's uh, Alvin. And it would be great. uh, It would be great to see, uh, you know, Hong Kong tech be able to conquer the world. But I also noticed that you started off with this super focus, you know, real niche on the pet insurance thing as a way to get started. You, You figured out how to do that and you're making that work. Now we're talking about B2B and B2C, five continents, five years. Uh, is there a risk that you're gonna just go from that intense focus and, and, and making a win to something that might be much harder to, to manage?
1: Yeah, so we do make it as separate entity and separate team. Uh, so for the t- from a team point of view, it is uh, laser focused, absolutely. Uh, there's no uh, deviation from the focus or, or anything like that. But what I want to say is that the B2C and the B2B part has, have really strong uh, synergy. Uh, and it is almost like a flywheel uh, between the two business. So uh, when we do the uh, technology uh, piece of it, this is the reason why we can do the product iteration so fast on the B2C side. Uh, a lot of the uh, digital insurers in Asia actually do not have their own proprietary technology. OK, it is only still the front-end side of things. So that doesn't really fundamentally change the user experience, okay? And given that we have the B2B business, we have the uh, technology business, this really enable us on the B2C side to go so fast. Okay, I think that's number one. Uh, number two, on the other hand, a lot of insurance companies come and knock on our door and say, hey, uh, can we use your, this fantastic piece of technology uh, to other markets? Okay, so right now we actually don't spend any money on the marketing on the b2b at all, but a lot of them just come to us and say they really want to work with us, and I think the uh, b2c side of thing uh, that is the. uh, uh, there's no better uh, way to prove how how well this is working by having a b2c product that we own it and we have the accountability of that.
0: Our, our product teams really set up for this because uh, often when I talk to some incumbents, I hear often that it's very hard for them to get their head around designing products that are very simple, that are designed for digital. I'm making the assumption that you need that simplicity, um, but you know the traditional way of a, a product team in an insurance company will be let's put in, every, throw in everything except for the kitchen sink, a lot of riders and other bells and whistles Uh, and then they bundle it and they charge a lot more. Um, And they still often come to the digital front with a similar template in mind. Uh, Do you think that has to change or do you think there is room for building in all that complexity
1: into a digital product as well and be successful at it? Jim, you are so right about this point. Uh, I can't agree with you more on this. So uh, if you just bring a traditional product to online, it doesn't work. In the digital world, the conversion rate is going to be horrific. Okay. But uh, so what you really need to do is to completely rethink and redesign the product uh, based on the assumption that it's 100% digital. Okay. It's a, on a self-hat basis. So to illustrate on this, we do uh, go and measure on uh, how much time that each customer spent on each page. Okay. If you have 20 numbers on a smartphone screen, uh, well, good luck with that. I think most people are just going to drop off, and, and the their the hair is the hat mm-hmm. is blowing, uh, uh, exploding. Uh, uh, and but so you really need to boil it down to a product that people can understand. Okay, and so uh, typically what we say is uh, within two screens, uh, not more than three to four numbers. Okay. okay, so the entire product has to be completely redesigned. Uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that I think uh, over time, the for example, the reinsurers really uh, start to get this. And so they also uh, uh, they think about the entire journey uh, in optimizing both the CAC and also the loss ratio, in thinking about uh, how to uh, cut down the number of underwriting questions, uh, which is also extremely important, and how to use automated uh, data. Uh, to aid in the uh, underwriting process as well. Okay,
0: alternative data is probably a whole other topic uh, that we can spend a half hour chatting about. So maybe we'll leave that for uh, another interview. Uh, Alvin, I wanna really thank you for coming and talking to me at uh, DigiFin Vox. Good luck with uh, the next steps for One Degree.
1: Thank you, Jim, and thank you the DigiFin team. Great.